Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. It is Tuesday, December 6th, Ian Cameron, and we've got the Ice Guys family in the house. Three members of it, anyway. It's a big family. You know, not enough can fit in one house, uh, if you ask me. But we've got three people that have been obviously watching and listening to this show for a very long time. They've been contributors on and off as guests in the past on this show. Betcasts, the actual daily show, you name it. We've seen these three faces on this show many a time. And happy to have Terry Edelman, Nick Earl, Jarek Rubel joining me, helping me out here with Alex B. Smith away uh, for this Tuesday NHL card. Before we get into today's card, let's go around the horn, starting with our resident Minnesota Wild fanatic, Terry Edelman. How are you? Uh, can't complain. Uh, three and one night uh, in NHL um, on my uh, premium picks yesterday. Uh, the one game that didn't get there was the uh, over in the Edmonton-Washington. Uh, Edmonton had chances, and, and I thought, oh, they're going to tie it, and they're going to tie it, but they weren't able to do it. But the Rangers-St. Louis, uh, why that move to five and a half um, is beyond me. Uh, that was like a, an easy over, even though the first 15 minutes was 0-0, and I was kind of thinking, oh, and then boom, uh, the floodgates open. So that was a great uh, a great win, and yesterday was a pretty good night. Can't complain. Yeah, I mean, I just, didn't I just say it? Didn't I just fucking say it on the show yesterday about when I lose an over, it's because of a, there's a million chances, there's great goaltending, there's lots of shots, there's lots of opportunities, and those are the overs I lose. It's never the overs where there's no scoring chances generated. It's always there's a ton generated, and it's just nothing's going in the net. And that's how that Washington-Edmonton game uh, stayed under the total line. Great performance by Skinner. It was very good in net for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. No question about that. 50 shots faced, and Washington got the uh, job done. Just enough goals passed a pretty strong Stuart Skinner last night to get the uh, victory. And look, even Lindgren. Uh, made a couple of nice saves to preserve the 3-2 lead late in that game. But uh, it's the way it goes sometimes. Nick, welcome back to the Ice Guys. What's up with you? Uh, not too much. It's been a good hockey year so far. Uh, November was uh, probably my best hockey month I've had uh, in my career. So uh, definitely looking really good. I'm I'm able to use enough – I have enough data now really to be able to use goalie numbers and projections for my game. So I have projected scores for all my games, and that's kind of how I've been betting, and that's kind of where uh, my numbers have been taking me, and it's been a good a good ride so far. So hoping to continue into today. I was actually on the opposite side of that Washington game last night. Yeah, exactly. And the thing about Nick is he's a heavy underdog player. So if you like yes. uh, barking dogs and live dogs, you're going to probably like some of his card. Uh, here on the uh, Tuesday slate. And we've got Jarek Rubel, aspiring NHL broadcaster, the next Doc Emmerich, the next Wob right. uh, uh, and the next Kenny Albert, you name any national broadcaster that's doing hockey, either past or present. Uh, Jarek is trying to follow in those footsteps. Uh, Jarek, how are you? It's good to have you back. It's been a while. Yeah, I'm doing all right. Thanks for allowing me on here. It's my Ice Guys debut, per se, for like the actual show outside of the BetCast. And, uh, you know, betting-wise, I kind of took a bit of November slow. I didn't post too much, but over the weekend, I went 11-4-1. It was surprisingly really well. But then yesterday, I kind of fell flat on my face, 0-1-1. I had the Capitals' first period because Edmonton really slow out the gates at home this year. And that 
ended up tying. So I got my money back. I had to tie no bet. And then I had uh, Arizona first period over a half goal. The Flames have been allowing first period goals at a crazy rate this year, but uh, they couldn't get it done the Coyotes yesterday. So kind of fell back down to earth after a red hot weekend. Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, I've, I've just uh, I had to update my record uh, this morning. I had fallen behind doing that. Uh, I have it's this is uh, what is it? December 6th. What are we two months into the uh, NHL season and in terms of pregame bets, not even ex- including live bets that I've placed? I've made uh, four hundred and ninety NHL wagers this year uh, in the first uh, two months. So there you go. High volume, Ian. So two fifty five, two thirty five. 52% plus 6.4 units. And again, the majority of my bets for those that are not the uh, subscribers of mine that would know, but uh, that are 0.25 units and 0.5 units each, you know, and it's just, that's the way it goes for me. It's just, a, I equate it to my own amount. So that's why I go quarter and half units with it. So it's a solid start. You know, it, we've been bouncing between the four plus four and plus eight unit range like the last two weeks it's basically back and forth back and forth up and down so we've been like a sliding scale and you're going to have weeks like that it's very important to point that out in the course of a long season you're going to have treading treading water you know you're up you're down you're up you're down just between the same range of profit and loss essentially like plus eight units plus four units i've been bouncing back between those two figures it seems for the last two weeks but that's what happens sometimes you're just going to go back and forth uh you know win some lose some kind of deal when you're talking about a sport especially that's in action every day uh, like the nhl and we've got a big tuesday slate to break down so we'll jump into that right now nine games tonight in the nhl and we will begin with the los angeles kings taking on the ottawa senators we've got a minus 110 Pretty much even money here on both sides. Six and a half being the uh, total in this game. I want to take LA. I think they're the better of these two teams. Yeah, and I think certainly I trust them a little bit more than Ottawa right now. But at the same point in time, what are we going to get out of Phoenix Copley? Uh, Copley Men's Apparel is the uh, the old store that I keep hearing uh, around here. Uh, yeah, Copley uh, in net for the uh, LA Kings uh, tonight. Uh, obviously, we know earlier uh, last weekend they waived Cal Peterson put him on waivers. So it's pretty much John Quick now and Phoenix Copley as their goaltenders. They also had Jacob Ingham, Jacob Ingham on the roster, but back surgery for him. So up steps Phoenix Copley, who, as we know, has been with a bunch of NHL teams in his career uh, in the uh, past. He's been with St. Louis organization for a bit, uh, Washington uh, as well for a couple of seasons. Now here he is with the uh, LA Kings and getting a starting opportunity. His, uh, Overall career numbers in the NHL, 2.98 goals against average, 900 save percentage, you know, pretty much average. It's not horrible. It's not great. You know, his numbers so far, it is what it is. What concerns me is Phoenix Copley's not a goalie that I think can withstand a team that has got crisis issues defensively. And the LA Kings have crisis issues defensively. And we've talked about this uh, repeatedly on the show. They've got... Uh, a weird setup with their blue line where it feels like they've got blue liners playing uh, a little bit out of position, not quite uh, to where they're used to. They are obviously having trouble in the defensive zone, and it's been a repeated problem for the uh, LA Kings for the last several games, and which is shocking because really ever since they had that masterpiece, that defensive gem, just a few weeks ago on national television on TNT against Edmonton, where they completely shut down McDavid and Dreisaitl, they really haven't played a very sturdy defensive game since then. So it's been absolutely stunning to see just the problems that they have had and the struggles. Since that Edmonton game, they gave up four and a loss to Vancouver. They gave up three to Seattle, five to the Rangers. 
They did beat San Jose 5-2, probably the best they've done during this span, but they lose to Ottawa 3-2 in overtime uh, at home. That crazy 9-8 game when we were doing the BetCast, one of the games you'll never forget uh, in the uh, NHL. 5-3 win over Arizona, and then they give up four goals and lost to Carolina to end that homestand. So it's a team that's had a hard time to back them in terms of trusting them defensively. Ottawa on the flip side, look, they have started to get out of their struggles. We've talked about it. They had gone through a brutal losing streak. They beat Anaheim. They beat L.A. Uh, previously, so it is a little revenge spot for the Kings. They split with the Rangers, and then they beat San Jose uh, on Saturday night by a score of 5-2. to two. So Senators are definitely playing a little bit better hockey right now. Uh, as of at this moment, Cam Talbot confirmed in net for them. I'm torn on the side. I lean LA. They're in revenge. I still think roster-wise, they're a little bit better than Ottawa. Not right now in terms of form, but I still think long-term they will. They're the better team in my opinion, and will prove to be in the long term. But right now, form-wise, Ottawa is the better form. So I have a lean to LA. I don't know if I'll pull the trigger. I am going to pull the trigger on over the total though. Uh, in this game. We've talked about how the LA Kings for a very long time have been trending over because of these defensive issues, and it's playing out that way. They've trended 5-1 and one to the over in their last six games, and finally, the under streak got snapped for the Ottawa Senators. What was it, 10 in a row to the under for them? Finally went over the total their game Saturday night against San Jose. They found the back of the net. The offense came to life. I think we'll see some goals here in this one. Again, LA has turned into this over team where they're very capable still offensively with the likes of Kopitar, Velarde, uh, and company up front, Viala, uh, and and many others who have had a good start to the year. Uh, but at the same time, they are struggling to keep the puck out of their own net. So the over is the preferred route for me uh, in this game. Uh, Terry, we'll start with you, uh, Los Angeles, Ottawa. Well, not to disagree right off the bat, <laughs> but if, if, if I was going to make a game uh, play, uh, on the side or total, uh, which I'm not. Um, these two teams have huge under history. Uh, 10 of the last 11 meetings went under six and a half. Uh, the last five meetings in Ottawa went under six and a half. But as Ian said uh, on the betcast, we watched the LA Kings in that game. Uh, and I have, I don't have it in me to bet an under on the LA Kings. Uh, and then Ottawa Senators, a team that I've been looking uh, preseason wise and especially earlier on. Uh, with overs. Uh, so not a team I really want to take an under with uh, either. Uh, but one uh, thing I am going to be sprinkling on here uh, is a former wild player, Kevin Fiala, anytime goal against Cam Talbot. Uh, I think uh, that's that's my best play in this game. Uh, I think uh, uh, Fiala scores one here uh, on Talbot. But other than that, um, I could see this going either way over under or either team winning. Yeah. Uh, but I'll stick with Fiala to score. Yeah, I'm really like I want to take LA, uh, but I just I don't love it all what I'm seeing from them in their own zone. It's a it's a clusterfuck right now. It's a mess, and they're gonna have to show me they can sort that out. Uh, Nick, how about you, LA Ottawa? Yeah, I I, I do have a play on the side in this game, and when we're looking at it, one thing that I've noticed is we should be seeing more overs out of this Ottawa team because when we look at their projected numbers, their their goal projections have been up in the sevens and the some eights. 10 against San Jose, like the projected goals for this team uh, suggest this team should be flying over the total field like every single night. Cam Talbot's been awesome since coming off the IL. Uh, he has given up 26 goals, but 30.78 expected goals against. So he's been an above average goaltender so far since returning. 
Yeah, he's four and six, but a 920 save percentage and a 2.50 goals allowed average. He's been good. And uh, one thing I don't trust is this LA Kings team defensively. So I do have a play on Ottawa. I got in on them yesterday at minus 102. I would take them all the way up to around minus 120, minus 125 range. I also took uh, what I believe is probably the better play rather than taking the full game over uh, because I think Talbot could have a good game in this one. I took Ottawa's team total over three and a half at plus 115. I don't trust uh, Phoenix Copley. We we only saw him two games last year. He gave up five goals in two games, so he wasn't bad. Uh, but one of the, it's just one of those spots where when we look at Ottawa offensively, they've put up at least 3.47 expected goals for in seven straight games and nine of their last 10. So this is a team that is creating opportunities, creating chances. And I believe that they're going to find the back of the net. So senators team total over three and a half. And I also got the money line as well. So a little bit on each. There you go. That's what I do. Sometimes I usually do it with only big dogs, but you can do it with obviously even money favorites as well, or favorites as well. You could go with money line team total over split. I do that quite a bit. And Nick going in that route with the senators money line and over three and a half team total. Uh, Jarek, how about you? What do you like King senators? So I'm kind of agreeing with Nick on the money line there at the Senators. They were able to win in overtime about a week and a half ago against L.A. out west. But I'm actually going to stick in a kind of first period. doesn't have to necessarily be a first period bet. Ottawa here is like eerily similar to Edmonton at home. They stink in the first period. Their last five, they're one and four at home. Last ten, they're two, seven, and one on home ice, of course. And following a win so far this year, they're on an 0-7 run in the first period coming off of a victory. So I kind of like the Kings to get an early jump here on Ottawa early on. I mean, it's not saying LA is going to end up winning the full game. Uh, Ten of the last 11 games for Ottawa have gone under, of course, and the trench hit Terry was talking about with the series between the two. I'm not going to touch the total. I probably would lean under just because I do like looking towards that stuff historically. But I'm going to stick with the Kings to score the first goal in this one. And on the prop side, Sean Dursey, if you could find a book that offers him to get a point, I mean, he's got six assists in his last five games. And Claude Giroux for Ottawa, he's plus 265 to score a goal. He had a two-goal game last game, scored versus L.A. in that meeting out west. And I actually, he's faced Phoenix Copley and was able to score against him. So I think if you're trying to narrow down your options, I like Giroux for Ottawa to find the back of the net. Yeah, and our guy Shane Pinto, who I was – taking quite a bit early in the season. He's cooled off significantly uh, as of uh, late. Only one goal for him in the last uh, 12 games. So uh, definitely it's been a little bit harder to come by the goals for him. Yeah, Stutzla and and, um, and and Giroux, as you mentioned, Jarek, definitely the guys that have been stepping up lately for uh, Ottawa. But we do have a good Ian Cameron typical uh, betting angle situation, it looks like tonight with the uh, goal props on the L.A. side. It looks like Kaliev is moving up to the top line for the Los Angeles Kings tonight, playing alongside Fiala and Kopitar, at least based on the latest line combinations. And uh, look, he's earned it because, you know, it seems like even with minimal ice time, he's been in the bottom six forwards all season long for LA. He's managed to chip in for this team offensively, nine goals and eight assists. Now you're going to give him that opportunity with Fiala and Kopitar uh, on the uh, top line. So there's absolutely good value there. Goal score, prop, point prop, anything you can find. Uh, on Arthur Kaliev tonight uh, for the LA Kings. All right, next up, we've got Detroit and Tampa Bay. Uh, the Lightning minus 250 home favorites, six being the total uh, in this one. Uh, obviously, the uh, light, I got to give the Lightning credit. They are, you know, whether it was an early season malaise, whatever you want to call it, definitely not playing their best hockey early on, but they've played a lot better 
uh, obviously uh, in the last 10 games or so, eight and two. And the only uh, two losses were both to the Boston Bruins, you know, the team that only lost their first home game of the season last night uh, against the Vegas Golden Knights. So Tampa Bay has played really well. I think what's been great to see for Tampa Bay is that obviously it's been a great run for Stamkos, for uh, Braden Point and Kucherov after a slow start. He's really got it going uh, at the moment. You're seeing Nick Paul and Mesnikov, you know, start to chip in in terms of giving them some depth scoring. They just got Anthony Sorelli, you know, one of the better two-way centers uh, in the National Hockey League back from injury against uh, Toronto uh, on Saturday night. So this team is, you know, loaded for bear again in terms of they've basically got everybody back healthy for the most part. I mean, Hayden Fleury, a depth defenseman, is really the only one banged up right now for the Lightning. So it's a fully healthy team, and they're playing absolutely their best hockey of the year. It's not easy to step in front of them right now. Can you trust Detroit? I mean, they are uh, snapped a three-game losing streak, beating Columbus 4-2 the other night. Their road record is only uh, 500, uh, five and five on the road, Tampa eight and four uh, so far this season at home. And as we've often seen in the past with Tampa Bay, Detroit, Tampa Bay's done pretty well with this team. That being said, the last time Tampa hosted Detroit, it was last year late in the season in April, Detroit as a plus 380 underdog with a 4-3 win uh, against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. So, you know, part of me kind of wants to take Detroit here in a spot like this. I mean, you think about this gauntlet the Tampa Bay's run through here. You know, Toronto, a couple games with Boston. They played a barn burner with Buffalo as well. You know, you play Detroit here uh, on this homestand. It feels like this could be just that little spot where you get Tampa's best tonight. If you don't, we know Detroit is capable on any given night sneaking up on you, pulling the kind of upset. So I might put a couple bucks pizza money style on Detroit. Nothing I'm overly strong about, but I do think there's some situationals that point to the Red Wings here tonight. Uh, Nick, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, Red Wings lightning. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'm starting to do, I've, I, I started it yesterday. I'm going to continue to see how it goes. Just do small bets on these. Whenever my, my, my numbers suggest that the game is within a quarter of a goal, my projected score, I'm going to throw a little bit of money on the draw. And this is one that we're going to get out the uh, the pencil and paper and we're going to draw this game. Uh, plus 385 is what I got. And then uh, when we look at Detroit, uh, offensively, they've actually looked pretty good uh, looking at their expected numbers, at least three expected goals in six of their last seven games. So offensively, they are creating opportunities. They are creating chances. And on the opposite side, Tampa Bay has given up at least three and five of their last six. So this is a team that is becoming a little bit vulnerable defensively. And Vasilevsky has not been up to the Vasilevsky level that we've had the last few seasons. He's only he's slightly above average goaltender, according to my numbers. He's not a top five goaltender like he has been the last few years. So I did take a shot with Detroit in this game. Plus 205 is what I got. And I also kind of did a little bit of similar to what I did with Ottawa team total over two and a half and money line plus two Oh five with the Detroit Red Wings. I think this could be three, three draw heading into overtime, something along those lines. So a uh, small, small bet on the draw and uh red wings plus uh two total over two and a half and uh money line. There you go with the big dogs. And like I say, that's what I did with Montreal and I split it team total over and money line. And there you right there last night with Montreal, just a horrible job coughing up that lead against Vancouver. But you saw the benefit of that is at least you get the team total over uh, as a winner in your bank account or in your, in your sports betting uh, bankroll, uh, even though the money line falls apart. So that's the benefit of splitting up a big dog in particular. 
with uh, money line and the team total over and, and Nick doing that with Detroit. Probably that's probably what I would look to do as well as the team total over money line split, just because, you know, you don't want to be in a spot like Detroit gets three goals tonight, loses four, three, you know, and you lose the money line. If that's the only thing you bet, at least if you have the team total over as well, you split and, and you minimize the damage that way. Terry, what do you think here? Uh, Red Wings lightning. Yeah. One of the few games I have absolutely nothing on, on today's slate. I am seeing who so uh, is likely. Uh, so it does look like he will be in net. Um, I kind of want to take a shot with the Red Wings uh, at this price. Um, they have won two of their last three meetings in Tampa. Uh, obviously, they had a long losing streak against Tampa before that. But you have to look at what this Detroit team has been uh, the last seven years and what Tampa has been. So obviously, Detroit's improved a lot uh, over last year and this year. But Tampa's playing so well right now. Uh, I don't want to step in front of them at home. Uh, so ultimately, this game's a pass. Um, a big slate, and um, this game's a pass for me. Yep. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, Jarek, how about you, Detroit-Tampa Bay? So I'm looking at it the same way kind of you are, Ian, and Nick. I like Detroit plus one and a half and the draw, and I'm going to give like other reasons to support what you guys have already said. I mean, it's a house of horrors in Tampa Bay for Detroit. They've lost 19 to 23 meetings there. Uh, now, you know, with that info, you're kind of thinking, oh, well, Tampa Bay is going to kind of soar to a victory. I'm thinking not so fast, kind of like Alex likes to say. Tampa Bay this year, every time they puck line somebody, they have not covered that next game. Whether, you know, it was a win, then they've lost, or, you know, one by one the next game. They've won by two. They do not win by two the next game. That has failed to happen every single time this year. And four or five of the last six meetings between these two teams have been decided by one goal. I think this matches up perfectly here for this to be, you know, like a 4-3 kind of game. I'm not going to take the Detroit money line. If you please to, go right ahead. I'm going to take the plus one and a half. I got it minus 125, and I put a half unit on the draw. I found it plus 370. Yeah, I mean, you're right about the series history being tight. I mean, 4-3 Detroit in Tampa, the last meeting of last season. Then you had a 2-1. Yeah. Real quick, Ian, I don't want to cut you off, but if your books offer like a Tampa Bay to win by one, including overtime prop, you could probably find that like plus 270, plus 280. I think that could be a good look as well in this game. Yeah, that isn't bad because they've had a history of only beating Detroit by narrow margins the last few. I mean, 2-1 Tampa overtime, 3-1 over Detroit, and I think they need an empty net goal to get to 3-1 in that game as well. 7-6 over Detroit in overtime, 2-1. Uh, over a Detroit May second, two thousand twenty. I mean, one goal games, tight games. So, and I'm very intrigued number. in this puck line stat with Tampa Bay, yeah. how they've yet to cover two in a row with favorites. That is, yeah. I do have that number. If you want Tampa Bay margin of victory by one goal, it's three dollars plus three hundred. All right, there we go, plus three hundred. Even better uh, if you uh, like uh, that route. Um, as far as the props go, I wouldn't t- try to overthink it with the lightning if you're going to look for props you look at point you look at stamp goes you look at kucherov you build a little same game parlay something i'm doing a lot more the same game parlay i built for the montreal vancouver game last night worked out perfectly i had horvat goal uh caulfield and suzuki a point at plus 320 it was for that and uh, it came through so uh Seems just very simple when there's 13 goals yeah. right and That's right. In this game, too, speaking of props, Sunquist, he has three goals in his last five games, and he has yep. four goals in eight games against Andre Vasilevsky. He's plus 600 to score tonight. I agree with that. I'm yep. looking That's right at that. Bin. That's a good bargain bin. We talk about Philip Ronick, too, who was on this little run for Detroit on the blue line. He's cooled off a little bit, but he's still shooting the puck a lot. I still, when you can get plus 750, all you got to do is hit one of those and you're good. 
uh, even if you've dropped a few in a row. So uh, Philip Ronick's probably uh, someone that's worth that look for the uh, Detroit side of things. Uh, no question uh, about that. Uh, certainly Lucas Raymond's been good lately uh, for the Red Wings. You just don't get that price that you want necessarily with him, but definitely some good options there for uh, the player props really on both sides. Again, for Tampa, most of their damage is Kucherov, Stamp, go some point lately. So, you know, you build something like a points prop and a, a combination. Like I've got one planned that I've actually already bet that I'm going to mention for Toronto and Dallas later. Uh, tonight that uh, I think's got a great great opportunity there. Uh, Columbus and Pittsburgh. We've got Pittsburgh minus two seventy home favorites, six and a half being the total uh, in this one. Uh, very interesting that the Pittsburgh Penguins all of a sudden have a lot of personnel concerns going into uh, this game tonight. We know already the uh, injuries to uh, or Chris Letang or the, the the stroke obviously of Chris Letang keeping him out of the lineup. Although it looks like he's progressing says head coach Mike Sullivan, which is very good news. But both Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, you know, the two faces of the franchise for basically the last almost 20 years, uh, both of them game time decisions. It's an illness for Crosby and an illness for Malkin coming into this game tonight. He says, we anticipate that they will play, but they're all game time decisions. So unless there's a big downturn in their uh, you know, status and their health before the game, it sounds like they're going to play here. Uh, in this one tonight for the Penguins, but definitely it had people alarmed uh, at first. Nevertheless, are they going to be at 100% is the uh, question. Columbus, um, even in their losses, and they finally did lose one in their last game, uh, Columbus, to the uh, Detroit Red Wings. You know, you look at this Columbus team, they're, they're fighting the good fight, even with just how many key injuries they have. Uh, the losses that they've had have all been pretty competitive ones. One goal loss to the Islanders, shootout loss to Vegas. You know, 4-2 loss to Detroit where they battled back in that game uh, and then the Red Wings ended up taking it 4-2. I mean, the effort's been very good for this depleted, shorthanded, ravaged Columbus team. But I keep saying that at some point, you know, things have got to run out a little bit uh, in terms of what this team is capable of doing. You know, they're still without uh, four starting defensemen, Wierenski, Boquist, Blankenberg, Bean, uh, Dan Forth, Voracek out uh, up front. Thank goodness for them. They just got Patrick Lyonnais back, which at least bolsters uh, that forward group a bit, which has also been battling some injuries lately. Uh, I think when I look at this game, Columbus and Pittsburgh, we've seen uh, each of the last two meetings trend a little bit to the over. I still think of Columbus as a team that's more of an over team. Hasn't been that way lately, though. Five straight unders for the uh, Columbus uh, Blue Jackets uh, as they've somehow you know, ended up, even with all the defensemen out, going under the total, mostly a combination of, you know, kind of like what Toronto's done where they have all the defensemen out and yet the team's just back checking harder and playing as a tighter group, you know, defensively away from the puck. And I think Columbus is kind of doing that as well. Merzlikens will be returning tonight and will get the start for the Jackets. It'll be his first appearance since November the 15th when he got the injury against Philadelphia. Uh, after that lower body injury, how sharp will he be? We're talking about a, someone that hasn't played in almost a month. Uh, and it's someone that has a, a worrisome uh, track record this season. He hasn't been able to find his form. 4.74 goals against 864 save percentage. Those are beyond hideous. I believe he's dead last or close to it. Goal saved above average. We've talked about that multiple times. So I I, I got to pull the trigger on the over. I, I, I mean, I'm, sh I'm very... You know, I didn't love seeing that Columbus lately has been trending that way, but I've got to see it from Merzlikens. And we talk about how that just dramatic incident involving his best friend, his countryman, and the firework incident 
Matisse Kivlanik's passing away right in front of him, essentially, is where it happened. It's, it's left traumatic scars, I think, for him. And it's also proved to be difficult to put that behind him and play well, I think, on the ice. I think some of it is mental. It's not just physical that, oh, all of a sudden he's forgot how to stop a fucking puck. I think it's just, you know, I think the mental side of it has definitely plagued Merzlikens as well with his struggles. So I'm going to go ahead with over six and a half here uh, in this one, minus minus 125 here with the Jackets and the Penguins. Uh, Terry, what do you think here, Columbus, Pittsburgh? I completely agree with what you just said about um, Merzlikens. I think if he is traded somewhere else, uh, I think he needs to be traded out of Columbus. The the cannon uh, affects him. Uh, he's, he said that. I think he said uh, that. In the past. Yeah, he, on yeah, he said that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, he, he needs to get traded. He needs to get a fresh start. But uh, with this game specifically, uh, Merzlikens um, has struggled six of the seven games uh, he uh, played in this year, went over. Uh, and he struggled very badly against this Pittsburgh team. Uh, he's lost all four games, 888 save percentage, 4.65 goals against. Tristan Giari on the other side. Five and one in six starts against Columbus with a 936 save percentage and a 1.77 goals against. Pittsburgh has absolutely dominated Columbus. 20 wins, four losses, one overtime loss in the last 25 meetings. They've won their last 14 games at home against Columbus. 10 of those 14 were puck line wins. Uh, Pittsburgh's covered the puck line in five of their last seven games. Um, I'm taking the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins on the puck line here. I get it, Crosby and Malkin. Um, I, I expect them to play. I don't expect them to be 100%. I do expect them to play. But this 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 Pittsburgh team just completely dominates Columbus. Um, and I just I have to take uh, the Penguins on the puck line here. I think even if Crosby and Malkin aren't 100%, other players will step up. And uh, the Penguins will win this uh, by multiple goals. I love the Penguins in this one. Yeah, Jake Gensel is on a very big point streak right now for the uh, Penguins as well, as is, uh, yeah, Gensel, it is Gensel, uh, six points in the last four games here for the uh, Penguins, he's been terrific, a uh, three-point night for Zucker, and I keep saying Zucker, Zucker's one of those players to look out for uh, moving forward, and I'm going to throw one out there as well, because sometimes you can't find, you can't put a puck in the ocean, you're starting to wonder if you're ever going to score again with the kind of slump this guy was on. And then all of a sudden, a couple games ago, he busts out, and now he's got the confidence. It's like a snowball downhill now. He's it's got it back. He's feeling it again. And that's Kasperi Kapanen for the uh, Pittsburgh uh, Penguins. Look, it's just a guy that had been just dreadful offensively to the point where he was in Mike Sullivan's doghouse. He was a healthy scratch for a few games. Where's his offense? And, and all of a sudden, he snaps the goal drought. Uh, December last week against Vegas in that 4-3 win. He gets a goal and an assist, and it's just like the confidence. It's like the monkey is off the back, and all of a sudden you can relax. You can go out there and play, you know, and all of a sudden everything comes at easy, easier for you when you get the uh, first goal and you get that slump busted. And sure enough, he has a hat trick uh, against St. Louis. Now, St. Louis is brutal right now, especially defensively, but uh, at the same point in time, he's now got four goals all of a sudden in two games. You ride it, I think, with Kapanen right now, that he's found it. He, he's got his confidence back. He's got his mojo back offensively. Uh, definitely think he's worth a look in terms of goal props. For Columbus, I, I would go Roslovic, Lion. I'd go Kent Johnson, too. Kent Johnson continues to be totally undervalued. We saw this kid play for Canada at the World Juniors. He's going to be a good big-time offensive player, I think, at this level. 
uh, and he's already showing signs of that for the Blue Jackets. So I really like the Kent Johnson prop, probably my favorite one on the Columbus side. In a game where I think we'll see some goals, Kent Johnson, I think, definitely for the Blue Jackets, worth a look. He scored three goals in the last six games, and he also has five points in the last six games for this Columbus team. Um, Nick, what do you think here, Columbus-Pittsburgh? Yeah, if you're looking for goals in this game, this is the this is if you're looking for goals, this is the game for you. I have this game projected for 8.62 goals, and it's pretty simple. Uh, my model will refuse to let me back Elvis Merzlikens, and I have no interest in him because he is dead last in the NHL and our uh, goal saved above average. Yep. Um, at negative 12.9, he's given up 36 goals this year, but only 23.08 expected goals against. He has been horrible, and now we're getting him off of a long absence, an injury. And I don't know if I've ever played a number like this, but I actually took a team total over four and a half today at plus 140 with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, and I, it's pretty simple. I have the Penguins projected for five and a half goals. Um, and I see this as a 5-2, 6-3 sort of type of game here. Uh, probably going to look for – uh, look for props on the Penguin side for sure. Uh, probably a couple on the, the Columbus side as well, because I do think Columbus will get a couple on their side as well. Yari has been a below-average goaltender this year, according to my numbers as well. Slightly, 1.01 goalie rating when one is my average and below one's better. Because um, I treat goalie my goalie rankings and things like that, that's like the multiplier when we're looking at, like, when I'm looking at the goals, four goals against, expected goals, four expected goals against, and putting the goalie in there, it kind of multiplies out their goals to give me like where it should be. Elvis Merzlikens is the worst on my spreadsheet at a 1.56. Uh, so he has been horrible this year. So I'm on the Penguins team total over four and a half at a dollar forty, and uh, I got the over six and a half as well. I would play alternative over seven and a half in this game as well potentially. There we go. So take a look at the alternative totals. And uh, that's always a good option. It's called uh, maximizing your return on investment, as they say. Uh, if you go that seven and a half, eight and a half route when you're really like an over and you really think there's a chance to see uh, a ton of goals. And, and, you know, similarly, you could do that with an under. You could go three and a half, four and a half instead of, say, five and a half or six and a half. So always options with the alternative uh, puck lines, alternative totals offered by many most sports books so that you can get a little bit more bang for your buck. Jarek, how about you? Jackets, Penguins. So this was a game I looked at on the slate, and I was like, you don't got to bet it. You don't got to bet every game. So this is ultimately going to be a pass for me, but I did write down stuff for the sake of the show. So, you know, Pittsburgh's finally coming to their own now. They're 6-0-2 in Jari's last eight starts. And, you know, what Terry and Nick said, I, I agree that the puck line would probably be the best play here if you want to pick a side. I think it 5-2 sounds about right in the projections that Nick was putting together. I mean, he's got the over 7.5, so maybe 6-3, 5-3, something along those lines. But I think Pittsburgh's going to put up four or five goals. I was looking at the team total, but it was out of my price range at minus 150, minus 155. I won't touch anything that's past minus 145. That's just my own personal preference. But, like, if I had to absolutely play something, I would bet Jake Gensel to score a goal. Even though he's minus 105, the point streak you mentioned he's been on, he's got six goals in six games against uh well corpus is not getting the start tonight so scratch that i actually had that written down resmers lincoln's is gonna go but i still find Gensel with crosby and malkin you know being under the weather he's gonna have to carry the weight on that top line for pittsburgh 
Yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting. They're going to play. I, I don't doubt that, especially when I see the Sullivan comments. I think they're going to try to gut through it. It's just a question of how how good, well are they going to feel uh, and how effective are they going to be in their uh, state right now battling through illness. So we'll see uh, how it plays out. All right, Chicago and New Jersey. We've got the – how about – you want to lay minus 410 <laughs> with the uh, New Jersey Devils? Uh, six and a half the total in this game. Can't do it, obviously. Obviously, we know on paper this is a pretty sizable uh, mismatch. Um, that being said, I'll say this about Chicago, other than the Winnipeg game got away from them, uh, Ranger game or sorry, the, yeah, the Winnipeg game got away from them. Uh, they've been pretty competitive. I mean, look at some of these recent results, five, three loss to Pittsburgh. They were right in that hockey game for the most part. They blew it in the third period against Dallas. Remember they were up four, one, they lost six to four. They took Montreal to a shootout. Like I said, the Winnipeg game against the Jets got away from them. Uh, they lost seven to two. It was a there was a horrible game for Morozik. I remember uh, that night that seven two loss. They battle Edmonton pretty tough, uh, losing that game five four. Uh, they have the uh, win against the Rangers five two, and even the Islander game last night. I mean that's scoreless well into the second period before all of a sudden bang 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 they go bang 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 the New York Islanders late in the uh, second period get their three goals and then just sit on the lead and cruise to a three nothing win. Uh, against Chicago. So, you know, I don't think this is a team that work ethic wise, effort wise, they're mailing it in they're, the, the efforts there. It's just, they're not very good, you know, that at the end of the day, and there's obviously nowhere close to as good talent wise, depth wise uh, as this New Jersey devils team right now. I think what's alarming for Chicago is that New Jersey has actually won three of the last four meetings at home against the Blackhawks going back to, I think 2017 and some of those seasons were better Chicago teams than this one and some horrible New Jersey teams. And New Jersey still got the better of Chicago in this building. Now what's going to happen with obviously this being the worst Chicago team in years and the best New Jersey team <laughs> in years. So you have to factor that in. But it is well-priced. Like I said, minus 410. I don't feel really good about this game one way or another. You could get to the over because I will say three straight overs, seven one four three eight five final scores. I think that's the lean for me is toward there being this game going over the total. Soderblom is still not someone I'm trusting one game to the next. He's had some good moments. He's had some bad ones. He gives up five to Edmonton. Uh, he gave up three in the uh, loss to the Islanders, although it could have been worse. He did face 40 shots uh, in that game Sunday night. I'd maybe look at the over, but I would stay far away from a side. New Jersey should you know, take care of business, but... Uh, I'm not going to lay this price. There's no value even with puck lines or regulation lines for the uh, Devils tonight either. And even the team total on New Jersey. Uh, you've got to go over four minus 125 at BetMGM to get any sort of value on the Devils team total. So you basically need five goals from this team to cash a team total with them tonight at a reasonable price. So maybe I get there over six and a half. But other than that, not a strong feel for this game, at least from my standpoint. Uh, Terry, how about you, Blackhawks, Devils? Uh, I've really enjoyed backing the Devils um, throughout their their streak here, uh, but uh, at minus four ten and the puck line I think is like minus one forty or minus one fifty. Secrets uh, out. They're good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. M minus four ten. Uh, <laughs> and and like you said, they've had um, success against uh, the Blackhawks, but it goes back even further. Ten one and four in the last fifteen home games against Chicago. Uh, the Devils have had success uh, when the Blackhawks come here. The only thing I could get to in this game is a Jack Hughes to score. Um, what else can be said about Jack Hughes right now? Um, except he's lighting the lamp 
uh, and I can't see him. Like, this is a perfect spot for him, uh, the Blackhawks uh, coming in here um, at home. I think Hughes puts on a show. Um, Kubano was saying this smells like a Jack Hughes hat trick. Uh, I haven't gone that far, but uh, I want to talk you off it. Uh, he's been putting on shows lately. So uh, Jack Hughes to score uh, is my only way I can get involved in with this game at this price. The more I look at it, the more over six and a half could get there. New Jersey's probably going to get theirs. You got it's fair to assume, but Vanacek, for as great as he's been, he has given up seven in his last two starts combined. So it's been a little, slight little dip for him in the last two games. Thing is, with Chicago, is uh, I've seen them generate, you know, have the puck generate chances, generate offensive zone time, not do enough with it. That's sometimes a problem they run into. And we saw that against the Islanders. But in theory, too, teams after a shutout loss. Usually offensively, that's where their focus is. Get that offense going. We'll see if Chicago can do that tonight. Nick, how about you? Chicago, New Jersey. As much as I love big, big underdogs, uh, it, it is Blackhawks or nothing at this price for sure. Um, and I'm somebody who was pretty high on the Devils a couple games in because I believe it was like four or five games in, they lost their first two games by three or more goals. But I was pointing out that their advanced analytics, if they just got competent goaltending, this was going to be an elite team. And they have been an elite team this year. Uh, and I remember so many people beginning of the season were looking at their point totals like 90, 90 and a half or whatever. And we're like, that that feels way too high. And then when you looked at it from devil's advocate, it was like maybe they put it that high for a reason. This, this New Jersey's team is good. Uh, I did not make a play on this game. I was going to make a play on the over six and a half. I needed Morazic to do that more than Soderblom. Uh, Soderblom on my spreadsheet has been the slightly or the much better goaltender. Uh, so for me, I needed um, I needed Morazic for the over. I did not make a play in this game. It's Blackhawks or nothing. All right, Jarek, Chicago, New Jersey. All right, the hometown Chicago boy is going to go for that top three pick in the draft this year. I was thinking, too, while I was just kind of listening to you guys talk, Merz Lincolns might not be a bad option if they got to get him out of Columbus. Might not kind of sell low or kind of like, sell low by high on him in Chicago. Maybe he finds his game here. But in terms of the Blackhawks and the Devils, obviously you talked about there's no value on the money line, the puck line, anything there. But Otto mentioned in the chat, Chris Otto, nine straight first period unders for Chicago. And they're 1-3-1 and one in their last five road first period. And that one win was against the New York Rangers. And they historically play really well in Madison Square Garden. So in my mind, I immediately throw that one win out and I'm like, okay, going into a game here against New Jersey where they've lost seven straight first periods at the Rock. I think it's a perfect spot to bet New Jersey in the first period. I got them at plus 100 and that's a way to find value on this game. And I think Jack Hughes, he's going to score a goal. That's probably going to end up making my card. He's got four goals in four games against Chicago. He's got one in every single time he's matched up against the Hawks. You know, uh, we got Cubano in the chat mentioned in the hat trick. I would maybe, if you have, you know, a book that offers three plus points, I know points bet does, I would maybe bet Jack Hughes a little bit to get three plus points in this game. Yeah, if you're going to build any SGPs uh, in this game, same game parlays, uh, I'm going to start using that yeah, that acronym, SGPs. That Hughes points has to be in there. I mean, he's just absolutely outstanding right now for the uh, Devils. Going to throw in, uh, you know, usually a, a goal prop as well if you want. Uh, in the mix, but definitely that's something you want to consider. Uh, Jack Hughes has been magnificent, really, especially the back part of this uh, of this winning streak and this point streak that the Devils uh, have been on, uh, no question. So we'll see how this one goes, and we'll see if the Devils can avoid uh, the trap uh, game 
uh, syndrome here against the Chicago Blackhawks. All right, next up, we've got the St. Louis Blues and New York Islanders. Islanders minus 180, uh, home favorites here. Five and a half being the total in this game. And look, sometimes with the Islanders and a team that has now gone uh, six and one to the under uh, in their last seven games, it's pulling teeth to bet their games over the total sometimes. I totally get that. But we're talking five and a half here, and this Blues team is just a just a train wreck in their own zone right now. I can't even say it enough. They, they, they're awful in their own end. They're coughing up the puck like crazy. The turnovers are just beyond bad. And last night it was turnovers. It was bad puck management that cost the Blues that third period lead against the Rangers last night. They cannot manage the puck. They cannot get a save either from Baby Bennington, as I like to call him. And I'm I'm really upset with that guy. That's why I'm harsh with the Baby Bennington comments. Not happy at all. This guy's stinking the joint up just like his whole team right now. And, and he's trying to act uh, like he's uh, taken over there and body checking players when he can't, knows he can't do that as a goaltender. Flapping his gums to the opposing bench when he's getting pulled. I mean, you, you your, your play has been poor. And you're still going to flap your gums to the opposing bench. I mean, it boggles the mind, the antics. Barube had enough, and you would think maybe last night, you know, called out by his coach, it's time to step up and play well and stop the puck like Craig Barube was imploring his goaltender to do, and he didn't do it. I mean, we're finding these long-distance shots, point shots, you know, shots from well out are beating Jordan Bennington clean, and that is a sign of a goalie that's not on his game uh, right now for the uh, St. Louis Blues. And, uh, again, bad defensive hockey last night. Uh, from them once again. I would think that they got to give Bennington a rest. I think they may need to rest him for not just the problem is if you rest him, you got to go to Thomas Grice, who's been horrible uh, this year for the Blues in net. 3.57 goals against average for him, 907 save percentage. The last game against uh, uh, his last start, rather, was against Florida. He gave up the four goals there, especially early. He was not sharp. Thankfully, the offense bailed him out in that comeback win. He gave up four goals against Washington, five against Philadelphia, but he's probably going to be in net tonight because it's a back-to-back, and you're definitely, in my opinion, not going to see Bennington here. So you've got this goaltender with bad numbers, a defense that cannot keep the puck out of their own net, horrible penalty killing right now from the Blues. I got to look over five and a half. We're not asking for a massive high-scoring affair. We're asking for a team that's given up four, five, six goals with regularity to give up that much tonight against the Islanders. Now the Islanders can drive you nuts offensively because you saw against Chicago, they get the three goals. They sit on the lead. They don't look for more. They only scored one against Nashville. They only scored one against the Islanders or against the Flyers rather when they lost last week, but it's gotta be a night when you got to believe that Barzell and company, Beauvillier, Andersley, uh, you know, Wallstrom uh, and, and, and everybody, Brock Nelson come to life offensively against a team that's got zilch, in terms of defensive confidence right now. Uh, they panic now with the puck on their stick. That's what we're seeing from the uh, St. Louis Blues. So I'm going to roll with over five and a half, and I'd probably do a split with that and the Islanders team total uh, over three and a half here uh, in this one. I feel like I, I should slant more toward the Islanders doing the brunt of the scoring tonight, but I also like that over five and a half. Again, five and a half with the... I, I'm mad at myself that I did not bet over five and a half with the Blues and the Rangers. That shit dropped from six to five and a half. I didn't take the over five and a half mad at that decision. I'm not going to make that mistake tonight. Uh, what do you think here, Terry blues Islander? Yeah. Uh, blues, like you said, um, they've lost um, six of their last seven games, uh, all by two or more goals. They've allowed four plus goals. 
in seven straight games. They're allowing goals to everybody. Islanders playing well, five and two in their last seven, uh, three of the five by multiple goals. And they've had success against St. Louis, 5-0-1 in the last six games at home against St. Louis, 6-1-1 in the last eight meetings between the teams. Um, The Islanders, never a team that I would uh, normally run to the window to back on the puck line, Uh, but I'm taking them in regulation at plus 100 and on the puck line plus 155. I think that's the best way to go in this game. Islanders are rested. Uh, Blues uh, have been playing a lot of hockey. Uh, And like you said, the Islanders' offense sometimes um, might not, they might not be able to get the five or six goals. Um, and uh, not applicable in the chat says three nothing again. I could see that. I could see this being like a three nothing, four nothing type game. So I'm taking Islanders on the puck line and in regulation. Uh, I really like them tonight. All right, Islanders, a little a split there in regulation, close to even money, and then of course the puck line minus one and a half uh, on them as well, which you can get right now around plus one fifty with the Islanders on the puck line. Uh, Nick Earl, here he is, our resident Islander fan. What does he think here, Blues Islanders? Yeah, uh, my model loves the Islanders, and they have for it has for a while, and that's mainly because of two people, Ilya Sorokin and Semyon Varlamov. Even Varlamov has been a well above average goaltender this year. Uh, this is probably one of the better uh, better goalie duos in hockey, and uh, reflects into the way my model projects these scores. I have this game at three point six seven to two point one eight. So I I think that five and a half is spot on because my number is five point five four for this game. Uh, I did take the New York Islanders minus one. I got it at minus one hundred one. Uh, one of those split bets between the puck line and the money line. Uh, I and it's mainly because I, I do believe the Islanders win this game. I don't know if I trust them to cover a puck line. So if they win this game by one, I can get my push and move on. Uh, but this Islanders team, I think, is a bet on team going forward. And uh, with Thomas Grice, he's been horrible. One thing that I will say with him, though, is he's going up against his former team. Uh, so that, that could be an interesting oh, angle true. as well for people who do like St. Louis in this spot. I personally don't because this uh, Blues offense has not been good. And this Blues defense has been even worse. So uh, I'm I'm on the uh, I'm on the Islanders here, uh, fading the Blues on a second half of a back to back with my my spreadsheets best goalie in the NHL, Ilya Sorokin. Ilya Sorokin, he's had a great year. There's no question about. It. He's had a couple bumps here and there, but for the most part, he's been uh, really really good this year for the uh, Islanders. He'll be in net, and again on paper, yeah, Grice can be motivated all the fuck he wants to play his old team. Uh, he hasn't stopped the puck consistently since he's been an Islander because he hasn't done it ever since he left there. Detroit was a disaster, and this year's been a rough year for him so far. Jarek, what do you think here? Yeah, so I was kind of – I actually, when I was capping this last night, the total was at a six. I didn't see it at a five-and-a-half. So I, that was kind of news to me when we hopped on the air here. And now that it's a five-and-a-half, I am intrigued on the full game over two because you look at the last couple five-and-a-halves the Islanders have had here. The 5-4 game goes over against Nashville easily, 5-2 against Dallas. And then you had the uh, game against Nashville that was 4-1. It went under, but they put up 49 shots on goal, and it was a Kevin Lankin and Masterclass. So I think, you know, there was a goaltending win that ultimately sent that game under. The Chicago game, you know, I, I watch a lot of the Blackhawks. I think they got, like, six skaters that are good with the puck. That game, 3 nothing sounded about right, especially with their series history, too, between the two teams. So I'm liking the over 5.5 here. I think it makes a lot of sense at that number. Obviously, the Blues are in a tailspin. They've given up four goals in seven straight games, which is insane. 
I mean, the Isles team total was at plus money. I got it at plus 105, over three and a half goals. So I jumped on that. Um, I mean, worth noting, Isles 0-8-2 in the last 10 first periods at home, and the Blues 1-5-4 in their last 10 on the road. So both teams stink here in the first 20 minutes in this spot. I mean, Isles 2-8 uh, to the last 10 at the home games, like I mentioned. I would, you know, maybe bet a live over. I saw Otto mention it in the chat. You can maybe get a four, maybe four and a half. I think that might be a good spot to look at in this game. But I am good. The team total over three and a half did make my card. All right. Next up, Florida and Winnipeg. We've got even money here. Actually, Florida's moving to a slight road favorite here. Uh, minus 115 road favorite, six being the uh, total in this game. I'm going to do a unique approach here with this game. Um, I'm going to take Winnipeg first period in this game because of something that occurred in the Sunday game against Anaheim. They were awful in the first period against the Anaheim Ducks. Absolutely awful. And if you watch what Rick Bonus said after the game, uh, they came back and won. You think, okay, you, you had a bad start, came back, won the hockey game. You're happy, uh, obviously, coming back and winning that game. Rick Bonus wasn't happy. He said, our start, it's unacceptable to start a game like that. I'm not here to babysit these guys. They're paid professionals. You're supposed to be able to show up to work and be ready to go. Wasn't happy. You wouldn't think that was the, the, the uh, coach of a winning hockey team after that win against Anaheim. That first period was abysmal. I think that's what you're going to see because that's now two games in a row on home ice against inferior competition where they have started slow against Columbus and Winnipeg. They paid the price for it against Columbus. They started slow, and they didn't rebound in that game. They lost to the Jackets on Friday night, and it almost cost them against Anaheim on Sunday, but they did bounce back, uh, and they did get the uh, win in that game. I think now is the spot where, especially now with a pretty good, although they haven't been great this year, but what we thought coming into the year was going to be a very good Florida team that's been very inconsistent this year coming in. That'll get Florida's attention. Uh, they get to see their old head coach, Paul Maurice, of course, who gets to make his return uh, to Winnipeg. I can't really say since he got fired. It was, I don't know, a mutual parting of the ways. He kind of had enough, and he resigned. He stepped down. But either way, it's his return to Winnipeg. So, you know, maybe that you know, fuels the Panthers a little bit. We did see it with Cassidy last night, but a little bit of a different situation. Cassidy got unceremoniously canned by the Boston Bruins in the offseason. That was not the situation at all with Paul Maurice and Winnipeg. I think they just, you know, it's time to go our separate ways, get a new voice in here. It's a little bit different. Uh, Florida is off back-to-back -back wins. They played better, beating Vancouver and Seattle uh, in back-to-back -back games. So they'll be rolling in here with a little bit more confidence. They finally got a goaltender to make some saves for them, uh, and that has been uh, significant. The defense has been a little bit better these last two games, and you can thank Spencer Knight for that. This has to be Spencer Knight moving forward. We've said that a bunch of times. Bobrovsky ain't it. Right now at this stage of his career, Spencer Knight's been the better goalie. It will be him in net for the uh, Panthers tonight. Connor Hellebuck uh, in net for the Jets. Uh, Barkov still out, by the way, for the uh, Panthers, as is Anton Lindell. So they're a little bit depleted at center. That's two of their starting centers that are going to be out tonight for the Panthers. Radko Gudis on the blue line also uh, injured and won't play tonight for the uh, Panthers. I probably lean Winnipeg in the full game, but I, I think the first period's the best part of the game to hone in on after what bonus said about his team after the Anaheim game said can't have these slow starts again enough of them uh, back to back against C Columbus and Anaheim horrible in the first 20 minutes with the Winnipeg Jets so I like them here to be strong and be focused on a good start tonight in the first 20 minutes at home against Florida so Winnipeg first period money line for me uh, Terry what do you think here Panthers Jets 
yeah, we have Hellebuck uh, and Spencer Knight uh, in net today. So um, most people might look at those two and say, uh, I like the under. Uh, this is my not so fast for the day. Um, Florida has gone over six and a half uh, in eight of their last 11 games. Uh, the three games that didn't go over finished with six goals. Uh, Winnipeg has gone over six and a half in five of their last seven games, and they've scored five plus goals in four of their last five games. So this Winnipeg team is scoring a lot of goals. Five of the last seven meetings between these two teams have gone over six and a half. The two games that didn't go over finished with six goals. Uh, This total moving to a six, um, I think this is a kind of exact uh, repeat of yesterday uh, with the uh, uh, Rangers game going from a six to a five and a half. I think this total is moving the wrong way. Uh, I get it. We have Hellebuck who has been amazing this year, but this Florida offense should be able to get a couple past him. This Winnipeg offense is lighting the lamp. Give me the over six in this one. Uh, and then if I had to choose a side, I would lean with the Winnipeg Jets just because a uh, hell of a has been better. Knight obviously was amazing to start the year, but he's been giving up goals as of late as well. So I like this game over. I don't know why this is out of six. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I worry that Knight and Hellebuck both like played lights out, huge you know, anticipated game like that. But I can't argue with the numbers. Everything supports the over here. I mean, look at series history. Uh, the last uh, seven meetings, it's been uh, one, two, four, and four, oh, and three to the, oh, it's been four overs and three pushes, but nothing's been below six goals. All right. In the last seven head to head meetings, you look at current form, Panthers trending over uh, eight, one, and one, their last 10. Winnipeg, uh, five and two to the over, their last seven. I mean, everything's pointing to the over. Uh, and I would certainly lean strong that way. But again, these two goalies, I, I just, I got feel that they're they're going to have a big game tonight, both of them. Knight's in good form. Hallibuck, of course, has had a sensational start to the year. We'll see, but uh, that's the only thing keeping me off the over, the only thing. But I definitely lean in that direction uh, that this game could push its way over the total. But like I said, my favorite stance on this game is that Jets first period. Uh, what do you think here, Nick, uh, Panthers-Jets? Uh, yeah, uh, my projections for this game suggest the wrong team is favored. Uh, I like the Winnipeg Jets here. I got him yesterday at plus 108. Uh, this line has moved a couple cents in that, in my direction there. They're on even money now. And I have this game projected 2.85 to 2.46. So I have this game projected for 5.3 goals. So I think this line's moved correctly, the total. And I did jump in on the team total under 3.5 for Florida. I wanted to focus more on backing Connor Hellebuck, which is a goaltender I've been backing a lot this year. Winnipeg's one big been one of my better teams this year that I've I've backed. It feels the game in, game out. Because my motto loves the the top end goaltenders and things along those lines. And Connor Hellebuck has been that this year. Uh he's definitely in the top three for my best in the votes right now. Uh between him, uh Sorokin and probably Carter Hart in there, even though he's come back down to earth a little bit. But Connor Hellebuck is somebody that I'm looking to back in any way, shape, or form. My motto loves him. So I, I've got the Winnipeg Jets money line, and I got the team total under three and a half for Florida. There you go. Jets money line and Florida team total under for uh, Nick with this one. Jarek, how about you? Florida, Winnipeg. So we saw yesterday Bruce Cassidy went up to Boston, his old club, and he ended up getting a victory. But I don't think that's going to happen tonight with Paul Maurice going back to Winnipeg. I do like the Jets tonight. I agree with Nick. The wrong team is definitely favored here, especially with the injuries to Florida. When I saw the injuries, I was really surprised at the line. That threw me off. 
Uh, this matchup from a total perspective is annoying to me, though, because 10 of 14 Panther road games have gone over and 10 of 12 Jet home games have gone under. So I don't want to go, you know, head to head with the contradicting numbers there. But, you know, due to the injury report and everything for Florida and the line, I'm definitely going to ride Winnipeg here. I got a minus 105. I bet him yesterday, so the line did move a little bit in favor of other people. But I'm going to just ride with my minus 105. So, yeah, Winnipeg, I think, you know, easy easy spot. And I like the first period you've mentioned. I think that's going to be a hot start for them as well. Yeah. And definitely from a goal scorer prop standpoint, a couple options that are intriguing here in this game. Uh, E2 cool mint loose Dorena is up to the second line. Nick cousins is up to the uh, second line for the Florida Panthers. Uh, those are intriguing options. The ice time is going to go up for both of them. And Nick cousins, I remember him scoring recently, not known as a goal scorer, but hey, you're going to play with good players and up the lineup. You're going to have a chance to make an impact. Same with loose Dorena and, uh, on that second line. And for Winnipeg, there's a lot of d- decent options for them because they've given Morgan Barron a shot up the lineup. Uh, yeah, he got, finally got a goal the other night. I would maybe come back to the well with Morgan Barron. Cole Perfetti might be on the top line with Shifley and Wheeler tonight. Cole Perfetti might be worth a look here. There's someone with a bunch of high ceiling offensive potential for the Winnipeg Jets long-term. And they're also elevating someone that uh, I know, I think Cheshire Cat in the, in the chat mentioned him before. Mikey uh, Isamont uh, for the uh, Winnipeg Jets is going to be playing up in the uh, second line tonight with PLD, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and Kyle Connor. So there's a bunch of players that are going to get increased ice time that aren't going to be reflected uh, that way with the goal prop. So uh, definitely good options there with that. All right, uh, maybe the game of the night. This is the ESPN Plus national TV game. Toronto Maple Leafs, Dallas Stars, Dallas minus 120, home favorite, six and a half the total. Not so much a strong opinion side or total in this game because I think this is one of those games where Toronto wins wouldn't shock me, Dallas wins wouldn't shock me, over or under wouldn't shock me. Keep in mind, you've got Matt Murray who's playing very well for the Leafs since he came back from injury. You gotta believe Jake Ottinger is going to figure it out at some point, and this could be the night where you get the vintage Jake Ottinger. I'm sure he's not thrilled getting pulled against Terry Edelman's Minnesota Wild uh, on uh, Sunday in that crazy game. Unbelievable! I'm sure it gave Terry a heart attack watching it. Five-one uh, lead for the Wild can't even hold it. Five-five, uh, and uh, they needed a shootout to rescue that uh, victory over the uh, Dallas Stars. A wild one. You would think Dallas, in theory, wants to tighten it up, and in theory. Jake Ottinger wants to bounce back. We know there's a quality goaltender in this guy. He's definitely had ups and downs, inconsistency since returning from that injury. Uh, But you'd expect he'd want to play better tonight. And you'd expect Toronto to want to play a little tighter defensively. Because Sheldon Keefe said we got away from our defensive structure. Even with the injuries, we've all dug in defensively as a five-man group uh, with Morgan Riley out and Brody out and Muzzin out. And we got away from that a little bit against Tampa Bay. And also some penalty trouble hurt them. They might want to get back to playing a little tighter. So six and a half, and it's kind of shifted down to six in a couple of books. So I could see that. I'm off the side in the total. This is more of a prop game, and this is one of my favorite prop games because we've got two of the, the most red-hot players in the NHL going head-to-head tonight. Jason Robertson for Dallas, Mitch Marner for Toronto. These guys are on incredible point streaks right now, both of them. And I ended up going with a Marner goal, Robertson goal, Marner over one and a half points. Robertson over one and a half points. SGP in this game at like 20 to one. Shoot, swing for the fences type deal. That they both get two points. That they both score a goal in this game. That's what it'll take. Uh, both 
both of them, Jason Robertson for Dallas, Mitch Marner for Toronto to score a goal and get two points, 20 to one. I think it's worth it. They're, they, they, they're, they're scoring points for fun. They're scoring goals for fun right now, both of these uh, guys. They've been at, we know Toronto and Marner got the big uh, franchise record, uh, consecutive game point streak. They set the record with 19 uh, with a two goal performance against Tampa Bay uh, in the 4 3 loss on Saturday night. He has now scored a goal in five straight games and a grand total of six goals during that span to go with that incredible point streak. And what else can you say about Jason Robertson here for the uh, Dallas Stars that we haven't said already? Uh, he had the hat trick against Anaheim. He had a goal and an assist against Minnesota. He has now gone in the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. Only once has he not scored. He's gotten goals in seven of the last eight games. And during that span, he has an incredible total of 12 goals uh, in the last eight games for the uh, Dallas Stars. I think that's one hell of a same game parlay shoot for the moon swing for the fences type deal Marner to score Robertson to score Marner over one and a half points and Robertson over one and a half points 20 to one uh, for that to come through uh, I think that's definitely worth a lot and you look at it have these guys gotten multiple point games uh, of late you bet they have many times Marner two points against Tampa two points against Pittsburgh you look at uh, Jason Robertson during this stretch uh, he's had three straight games where he had uh, two points or more. Then he had a couple with one. And then the last two, he's had three points and he's had two points. This has a shot. This has a real shot. And I think it's a better shot than 20 to one odds would indicate. So I really like that. A little uh, Ian Cameron uh, working in the lab, cooking up a little science experiment here, if you will, with this uh, point prop uh, and in this same game parlay with Marner and Robertson, two, two players that might be the two players in the best form offensively right now in the entire NHL. Uh, Terry, what do you think here, Leafs and Stars? Quickly addressing the Stars last game against Minnesota and a comment in the chat there. Uh, the Dave says uh, that the loss lead by the Wild was trash. Um, nobody expected the Wild to be competitive in that game. Uh, I think everybody loved Dallas. Oh, Jarek, okay. I was also on the Wild, but that's no surprise to anybody. Uh, but um, in that game, um, they got tired. Second night of a back-to-back, it's no excuse. Uh, that's no excuse, of course. Uh, they did get tired, uh, but hey, they um, cashed as an underdog and weren't really supposed to be in that game. Um, Ottinger bouncing back. Um, obviously, he did get pulled, uh, and that might have lit a uh, fire under the Stars' butt and helped them in that game uh, with the Wild being tired as well. Um, but now we're going to this game. This Toronto team... Uh, 8-0-3 in their last 11 games. They've allowed three or less goals in 10 of their last 11. Uh, I was expecting this team to start allowing goals by the bunches with their defensive injuries, um, but they've got the goaltending uh, to, to cover up any defensive issues. Dallas, in all 14 of their wins, they've won by multiple goals. So they either smash a team and win by multiple goals or they lose. I don't see them smashing Toronto here. Toronto six and one in their last seven in Dallas, twelve and three in the last fifteen meetings against Dallas overall. Um, like uh, Richie says in the chat, um, Dallas struggles against Canadian teams. Uh, Toronto already beat them this year. Uh, I can't go against Toronto right now. I don't love fading Dallas uh, with how they played, but when it comes down to it, they've won all their games by multiple goals. I don't see them winning by multiple goals against Toronto. 
I think Toronto wins this game. Uh, and um, I got them at minus 110. It's plus 100 now. Uh, I, I like it here. I think Toronto's the right side in this one. All right, uh, Terry liking the Leafs, and look, they've I've 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 loved this team's effort since the defenseman went down. You can't you can't criticize it at all. They've been much tighter defensively, five man group. Even the Tampa Bay game, Tampa Bay's playing great hockey, as I mentioned, the last ten, and the Leafs could have easily won that game. And that's now becoming an alarming pattern for the Leafs against the Lightning, dating back to the playoff series last year. They play this team great, and they get a loss to show for it. Uh, it seems to be that's got to be frustrating for the Leafs because, again, just like in the playoffs last year, played Lightning so well and you end up with an L. Got to be frustrating. Uh, Terry, what do you think here? Leaf stars. You went to me already. Oh, yes, but not yeah, Terry. Okay. Nick, Toronto and Dallas. Yeah, uh, this is the second game today that I'm, I'm grabbing the uh, the pencil and paper and we're going to draw. Uh, I have this game projected 0. 0.06 goals apart. So I think the pick and price is correct in this game. I have this game projected uh, 2.72 or 2.66, 5.38 projected goals in this game. I like the under in this spot. I got it plus money for the under six um, in this game. I see a 2-2 game heading into overtime. That, that's kind of where I'm projecting this game to go. Uh, Ottinger to bounce back after last game and then uh, – Murray's been good so far since coming in off of the injured list. Uh, 21 goals allowed, but 25.15 expected goals allowed. He has about a, a 4.15 uh, goal saved above average. So he's been an above average goaltender so far this season. So I look for a good defensive effort from both these teams. I have this game projected low. So I got six under six at plus money. And then uh, I believe it was plus 345, small bet on the draw. Right, there we go. Draw. Uh, and the under here for uh, Nick with the uh, Leafs and Stars. All right, uh, Jarek, Toronto, Dallas. I think this one should be a doozy. I do kind of agree with the under when I was going through my notes because I'm preparing to broadcast this game later. I kind of thought in my head two to two overtime makes a lot of sense, Nick. I, I think you're spot on with that one. I might bet the draw. I hadn't bet it yet. I'll get to the prop. I think a prop in this game is probably my favorite. But just like diving into the depths of this game, the Leafs obviously 7-0-3 in their last 10. Stars 5-1-4 in their last 10. Uh, the 12-3 and three are the Leafs in their last 15 meetings against Dallas. They've won their last four out in Big D. I mean, these Dallas home games have been slugfest off and on here. I mean, they face better teams. It tends to be, you know, kind of an over battle. But the way, you know, Nick was handicapping the game, I think Ottinger coming back after that rough loss, I think it's just a situational spot here where, it is going to end up going under the total. Maybe if you really want to hit the over, you could find like a live over five. I was thinking about that. But I, I would stick with the player prop here. Michael Bunting, he's got over half a point at plus 100. I found that on DraftKings. He got six assists in his last five games. And in the earlier meeting against uh, Dallas, he had two assists in that one back in early October. So I like Bunting to be able to find his way on the score sheet, whether it's a goal or an assist. And I think you're right, Ian, with Jason Robertson. His brother Nick ended up putting up two against Dallas in that first game, had the overtime winner. So I think he's going to show up tonight. I agree with that. I agree with that. And uh, I didn't mention that earlier, but I, that, that there's definitely, I think, some truth to that. And look, he's still playing with Tavares and Marner. And I actually thought Tavares and Marner, or Tavares and Robertson, Nick Robertson uh, for Toronto, were both worth goal prop looks against Tampa because Marner's going to, they're going to feed Marner the puck a lot. Now that's no longer the case maybe as much now because he's got the record, but I think they still want the point streak to continue. So I think there's still that onus for the Leaf players. Get Marner the puck. Let's, even though he's got the franchise record now for consecutive games with a point, 
let's 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 try to get him to 20. Let's try to get him to 21 games, 22 games. Keep this point streak going. So I still think he's going to have the puck a lot. And again, Marner's playing with Tavares and the aforementioned Nick Robertson. So and then you factor in he's playing his brother. He wants to play well tonight, especially uh, head-to-head going against him. And that's when he had his best game as a Leaf offensively, when he played Dallas. It was that first game. And we all pounced on Dallas. And the whole story that we had with our guy Jay Rosehill on the show earlier this season, he's frantically trying to create a Bet365 account just to bet Nick Robertson to score a goal uh, in that game against Dallas. And thankfully, he got it in because he did score. Uh, against the Stars, not once but twice in Toronto earlier this year. So, yeah, I like that too. Nick Robertson uh, to score a goal. Uh, his brother on the other side, sibling rivalry takes hold. It's just like with Brady and uh, Matthew Kachuk, you know, they always want to play well against each other when they're head-to-head. Same thing here. So uh, definitely it's a, a good angle there with uh, Nick Robertson to score a goal. And like I said, you could do a bunch of different – whatever you want to do, just get some SGPs going with Marner and Jason Robertson tonight whether it's just put him in a simple point uh, parlay, a goal parlay, whatever the case may be. I mean, it's take advantage of it because these guys can't stop producing right now uh, for their respective teams. Montreal, Seattle. Uh, we've got Seattle minus 260, home favorite, six and a half the total uh, in this game. I mean, somehow, some way I want to fade the Canadians in this spot. I mean, what could you possibly get from them tonight after just a Brutal loss last night. You drop 4 nothing against Vancouver, and you end up losing 7-6 to six in overtime. I think a Seattle first period look, I might even look at a minus a half a first period puck line. And I don't do a ton of those, but man, this would make sense here tonight to maybe look in that direction. You can get Seattle around plus 120 uh, with that first period puck line. And plus, we've got the same situation we talked about with Winnipeg earlier, where Seattle's now had bad first periods, you know, two home games in a row. You know, they overcame it against Washington and came back to win that game, but they could not do it against Florida, where they got behind 2-0 in the first period in that game. They ended up losing 5-1. So they're also talking about we need a better first 20 minutes on home ice. So I think that's the best stance for me, is Seattle first period puck line here, minus a half, plus 120. Team that started slow in each of their last two games at home, down 2-0 in after the first period to both Washington and Florida in their last two home games. So that's what I'm going to roll with here. Kraken first period puck line. Kraken team total I was looking at as well. It is a little juicy, though, a little pricey, over three and a half. You got to lay a decent price with it. But, you know, certainly I think they've got a shot to get to four goals. But I think my favorite look in this game with Seattle, because I do want to somehow go against Montreal in this spot, which is a brutal spot, tough spot, back-to-back on the road after just a demoralizing loss last night uh, to have to regroup. 24 hours later and play again, that's not going to be easy. But I think that first period puck line's worth a look. And I lean Seattle uh, over three and a half. Uh, team total minus 145. Uh, Terry, what about you here? Canadians cracking. We finally got to the game I've been most excited to talk about the whole show. Uh, so uh, on July 7th, uh, 2022, uh, I uh, found a bet that I wanted to make in this game. Um, that is, uh, the Montreal Canadians decided to pass up on Shane Wright. Oh yeah. Shit. Uh, and yeah, and Shane not Wright. draft him. Yeah, that's right. So back he fell to fourth. Yep. Yeah. He fell Play to fourth to Seattle. Uh, this is the Kraken here. Oh, yeah. And he had a rough start, uh, yeah. to the NHL. He got sent down to the AHL. He has four goals and in, in, in his five games in the AHL. And now he's getting called back up for this game, this game. I posted the picture on Twitter. Uh, follow me. Let's go wild picks uh, of the picture of Bettman and Wright 
and Wright's face when he looked at Montreal. And he said in a post in an interview after he wasn't looking at Montreal, but he was looking at Montreal. He's been waiting for this game. Seattle calling him up here. This is Shane Wright anytime goal. You can get it from plus 300 at some spots. Uh, obviously, not everybody can use Caesars. If you can use Caesars, plus 525, uh, it's absolutely insane. Uh, this is uh, the spot I've been looking at um, since July. And it just it's a perfect storm, the fact that he's getting called up now from the AHL. He had the preseason str- or the struggles in the early year. He's coming back motivated. Uh, this is just an amazing spot. I love uh, Shane Wright to score. Uh, and I'm also on the over six in this one as well. Another game w- which has moved towards the six. Uh, and um, if you've watched Seattle um, lately, uh, even Montreal lately, uh, looked at Montreal last night, uh, these teams can go into very high scoring games at times. So I don't think it should be a six. Uh, and I love Shane Wright to score tonight. Yeah, I can't argue with that. In fact, we said this on our free uh, our recap show, the summer show we do every year, the free agency recap. We talked a little about the draft as well. And we talked a little about that Shane Wright situation where he got passed by, falls to Seattle, gives the old death stare to the Montreal Canadiens draft table uh, that night. And we said when he plays Montreal for the first time, bet his props. And I, I first of all, I didn't know they had called him up. That's number one. And number two, I didn't know they put him in the lineup tonight. And sure enough, they should have known they would. Uh, that if they call them up, they're going to stick him in the lineup tonight against this Montreal team, and they are. It looks like he's only going to be on the fourth line, it looks like, but he's going to be in the lineup, and he's going to be looking to make an impact, and you can get plus 525 at Caesars with him to score a goal tonight. So, yeah, it's just a must bet, just simply based on the situation. Uh, and look, if it, we stuck to it. We said it in the summer. We're going to take Shane Wright props when he plays Montreal for that first time. Well, here's that opportunity. We can't go back on our word. Uh, now, uh, what do you think here, Nick? Uh, Habs and Kraken. Uh, if this gets to a six, I'll touch the over. Other than that, I really don't have too much on this game. I kind of lean Montreal. I have this game projected about 0.43 goals apart, which I don't think justifies a minus 260 price tag. So, just on the price alone, Montreal has been one of those teams that has cashed a lot of big underdog tickets this year. Yep. And when we look at them, they're they're number five in the NHL and money made this year. Seattle's number three. Uh, so these are two very profitable teams so far this season. And I I just don't know if I'm ready to lay 260 with the, the cracking quite yet. I get it. They're, they're much improved this year. Don't look now. Montreal is like, I think, equal 500 on the year. Like they're they're 12, 11, uh, they're 12, 11 and two. They're one game under 500. This team is not as bad as we thought they were going to be this year. Uh, so I'm kind of interested in the $2, the over $2 price tag here with the Montreal Canadiens. One thing that really kept me off of it, though, was the fact that they did play last night and they did they did lose the way they did. Brutal. Which I, brutal loss, which maybe, maybe they come bounce back in this game. Maybe Montreal first period could be an interesting look. You can get that uh, only plus 160. Uh, but maybe they they take yesterday and they try to bounce back from that and with a strong first period. Uh, I'm seeing plus 231 for Montreal. I'm kind of inter- interested in that. I want to see if that price continues to rise. I don't think Seattle should be this big of a favorite in the game, so kind of that's where I'm looking. And if this hits a six, I'll bet the over. But maybe Montreal team total over, uh, an interesting look as well, two and a half. Maybe they get their goals. But, but also you got to keep in mind it's most likely Martin Jones in net. Uh, so 
I'm kind of looking maybe Montreal team total over two and a half is an interesting look or just waiting for this line to continue to climb as everybody takes Seattle, maybe throws them in their parlays and things along those lines and increases the price on them here. So maybe maybe Canadians plus 230 is a look. Uh, but for me, uh, maybe a team total would be my my main bet for this game. But I haven't bet anything in it yet. Yeah, it's it's funny because you kind of like Montreal first period because you think you know, they're so angry and you know upset about last night. They pounce early before they get tired, and I'm kind of the reverse where I think they could still be hung over from that loss, losing the way they did, you know, four nothing. And that's that's the start where they're slow. And meanwhile, you got like I said, Seattle, that's now had bad starts in the first period each of the last two home games. They don't want to repeat that again after what happened again. So that's why I lean to the other side, Seattle first period puck line. That being said, I might by default have to take something on the Montreal team total over because it's like plus 100. It's like even money. Yeah. Uh, and, and Martin Jones hasn't played as well, uh, obviously, in recent starts. So I might actually do both. I might do both sides of the fence here, cracking first period puck line, but Habs team total over two and a half, even money. What do you think here, Jarek? So I'm kind of looking towards this first period too. When I, I was kind of watching that game yesterday on my monitor while I was writing down all my stuff for today. And my initial thought was, yeah, Seattle first period, Habs are off this bad loss. This is the last game of the road trip. They're just going to be ready to get back home. Then I dove into it a little bit more. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe Seattle first period isn't the move. I mean, Kraken, they won both matchups last year. They scored four plus in each. But I look at the first period, the Habs have won five straight first periods on the road. And they've also had a big run of the first period unders on the road. Kraken had five straight home first period overs, and they've lost three straight. So that's kind of indicating to me that Seattle's going down, you know, a goal or two early in that period, still getting over the total on home ice. So I'm leaning Habs to score first here. I mean, we've seen the last two games they've scored first and lost, and they were 7-0 and going into this road trip when leading after the first period, and now they've lost two straight. So I might also take Habs to score the first goal and same-game parlay that with Seattle to win from behind. Good stuff indeed there for uh, Jarek. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating game because I think you can make a case for Montreal early and then they taper out, peter out, or you can make a case, ah, that's just a – Tough loss last night. They're not ready to go from the opening puck drop. And Seattle, after two slow starts at home, they are ready to go. And you could look Seattle early. So I was looking at Ryan Donato. He scored in both yeah. meetings last year versus Montreal. And he has three goals in five games versus Jake Allen. You could find him about plus 300 to score a goal. So I yeah. think Ryan Donato might not be a bad, bad value play. Yeah, this is a good prop game too. Caulfield, Suzuki, Doc, anyone on that top line's worth a look. I say the first overall pick is worth a look too. Uri Slavkovsky, he's getting more ice time. He's up on the second line right now. He's getting opportunities. So those are some looks for Montreal. Seattle, you mentioned right, right. We got to take right here in this situation, as uh, Terry mentioned. But we've got to also look at some of the players that have been really good lately for them. Matty Beniers, uh, Yanni Gord has even stepped up. Wenberg's the guy, I mean. You're still getting some places, plus 400 for him to score a goal. He's centering the top line right now for the Seattle Kraken, and he's gotten it going lately. Winberg for the uh, Seattle Kraken, been a very good goal prop lately as well. All right, we've reached the final game of this Tuesday card, Carolina-Anaheim. We've got Carolina minus 300, road favorites, six the total uh, in this game. I mean, this is just a, a real tough one in terms of finding any sort of value. I don't think I could... I don't think I could take Anaheim right now at all, just with what I'm seeing. And they're coming off a road trip spot as well. Uh, when you look at it, they went through it. Nashville, Dallas, Minnesota, Winnipeg, four-game road trip, 0-4 uh, on that road trip. Now you're coming back home 48 hours after your last game of that trip for a team going from 
you know, the central time zone in Winnipeg to now the uh, Pacific time zone. So this is a tough spot. First home game. You only have that one day break, that one day off from the final game of the road trip to the first home game, a team that's just playing miserable hockey, giving up goals in bunches. Uh, they have given up to the opponent five goals in five of the last six games. I mean, it's just been miserable defensive hockey. The goaltending struggled, whether it's been Gibson or Stolarz, it hasn't mattered. Uh, they have not been getting a consistent goaltending either. Penalty killing dead last in the NHL. Do they ever go a game without giving up a power play goal at this point? Like, it's it's ridiculous with Anaheim. I mean, look at these numbers. Holy gosh, nine nine of the last 10 games, they've given up a power play goal. Just absolutely dread. They've had multi multiple games during that span where they've given up more than one power play goal. And don't look now, Carolina's power play, six goals in the last five games from them. They've won four in a row. I mean, form-wise, it's all Carolina, but we are talking about minus 300. We are talking about a team that's, you know, been on the road for a bit now, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, L.A. You've got Anaheim tonight, and then you're going to go to the east and finish up with two more road games, Islanders and Red Wings. You're playing well, but, you know, do you have that focus to put your foot on the throat of a team that is just in free fall right now? That's the ultimate question. Goaltenders, we don't know yet in this game whether it's going to be uh, Kochetkov or Ranta for Anaheim. They've been going back and forth, or for Carolina, rather. They've been going back and forth with both guys lately, the uh, Hurricanes. Brindamore interchanging between Ranta and Kochetkov. I'm impressed with Kochetkov. There's no question about that. He's been absolutely terrific. I think he's getting better and better and better with each start. Uh, for the Hurricanes. I think he's eventually going to be their number one goalie sooner rather than later. 2.27 goals against average, 919 save percentage. Very strong in the win against LA. Uh, 4-2 on the weekend. We'll see if he's in net. If he's in net, I like Carolina team total over a little bit uh, because I think Anaheim might struggle to score. Three and a half minus 140 or so is the team total for Carolina. I lean that way. If it's Ronta in net, maybe look at a full game over. That's kind of where I'm going right now depending on who's in net and who's announced as the starter for Carolina but I definitely think Carolina a good shot to get to four goals if I were to bet anything in this game it would be Kane's team total over three and a half Terry what do you think here Carolina Anaheim yeah I already have one puck line that's um, not at plus money and this is another one uh, I took the Canes minus uh, one and a half at minus 106 for me it's one team can stop the puck uh, and has a good defense, uh, and the other team doesn't. And I think ultimately that's what's going to come to play here. Uh, obviously, the Hurricanes' offense hasn't been anything special this year. Um, but An Anaheim can't stop a puck, especially, as you said, Ian, with just hearing about the power play difference, uh, that the Hurricanes are scoring on the power play now. Uh, that makes it makes me like the Hurricanes even more because the Ducks will take penalties uh, and yeah, I, I like the Canes here. Uh, I think they uh, win this in convincing fashion. Um, I could see it being something like a four-one type game. Um, so I don't think uh, necessarily it's going to be a, a high-scoring game. Uh, but I like the Canes to uh, take care of business here. Yeah, I did bet the over and one with the over the five and a half with the Canes and the Kings on Saturday. But a lot of that was LA, as I've talked about. It's more uh, an over bet because of that LA team and fat they're scoring but also giving up a ton of goals i'm not as bullish about overs with carolina especially could be a little flat spot too where they kind of go through the motions you worry about that a little bit when you've had the opponents you've had you're playing a lowly anaheim team 
you know, I, that, that part of me is that the mentality of Carolina is, you know, just do enough to win here. And uh, in this game, that's the one thing. That's also what keeps this a lukewarm opinion for me with the team total over three and a half on Carolina, because I could see three, one, four, one easily. Uh, in this game involving uh, Carolina tonight, especially if Kochetkov's in net. That's when I really think they'll be able to keep the uh, Anaheim Ducks from getting too many goals tonight themselves. Uh, what do you think here, Nick, with uh, Canes and Ducks? Yeah, I've already played the under six in this game. I have this game projected for three point or the five, for 5.38 or 5.38 goals. There we go. Words. Uh, I have this projected for 3.37 to 2.01. That is the Kochekov in net. Uh, if it's Ronta, maybe a little bit of a sprinkle on the Anaheim Ducks money line. Uh, I need Kochekov in this game. If you, I would ever think about the Hurricanes, I'm not looking at the Hurricanes at a minus 300 price tag. Uh, as much as I've been somebody who's been fading the Ducks an awful lot this year, getting close to $2.250 at home against the Carolina Hurricanes team, which is going to have to travel back to the East coast after this game and they get, they don't play until the 10th in New York. So they have a few days off after this. So this could be one of those games where they're, they're just looking forward to the, the time off or whatever. Yep. And even though I have this game projected to be a 1.35 goal difference, a draw could be for whatever reason, this feels like a weird draw game where it's three to Carolina and overtime. Like that, that's kind of the feel I'm getting in this game, even though my my projections say different. This has, has one of those weird, flat, late night spots where we're wondering when the Hurricanes are going to score a goal in this game. Like I, it could have that, that feeling. So I have the under six in this game. If you give me Ronta, I'll probably have a small bet on the Ducks. Reminds me of that Beach Boys song. Give me Ronta, give, give me Ronta. Give me Ronta, yeah, get him in the damn net. There we go, a little Beach Boys. I'm really, really showing my age right there, doing a Beach Boys karaoke. Uh, give me Ronta, you're right, because then obviously uh, you're, you're hoping that if you're a Ducks fan. Although, to be honest with you, Ronta was great in the playoffs when he had to fill in. You know, he actually had a really nice little playoff run there for the Hurricanes. This year's been a little bit more up and down, though, for him. And like I said, I think Pyotr Kochekov is – uh, the guy for the future in net for the Hurricanes, their future number one. It's a great point about the days off. These are human beings. These aren't machines. They don't get four days off or three, four days off very often. They're going to have that Carolina after this game. You can't help but be looking forward to it, you know, with the grind of an 82-game uh, NHL regular season schedule. So there's no doubt. I'm worried about that a little bit for Carolina. It's just looking forward to some rare extended time off and, you take Anaheim for granted or you take them easily and all of a sudden you're in a barn burner tonight against the uh, Ducks. We'll see how they fare. This could be a good live betting game. See how Carolina looks early uh, in the game. What do you think here, uh, Jarek, Carolina, Anaheim? You know, lengthy winning streaks versus a lengthy losing streak. You know me with the contradicting trends. That kind of scares me off this game. I think you guys are on the same page with, you know, it could be a flat spot for Carolina, especially with the days off coming up. And I agree with that. Um, but the Ducks, they're eight and two in their last 10 through the first period over at home, but they've only led once after any of those games. So, I mean, this could be a spot where if you absolutely want to bet something, Carolina first period minus a half, or maybe a team total over one and a half goals in the first period. I'm personally not going to get there, but when I was looking through everything, that was kind of where I was looking if I absolutely had to do something. And in the props department, I like Troy Terry. He's got goals in all three games versus Carolina. 
And he's got three goals in his last five games on this current run he's on. So I think if you're looking for somebody on Anaheim, Terry makes the most sense. He's plus 195. Yeah, that's definitely Terry. And by the way, Maxime Comtois back in the lineup for Anaheim tonight. He was playing well before he got injured, especially offensively. He was picking it up. So that could be a little prop to sprinkle on for the Ducks. For Carolina, it's basically, you know, I, I regurgitate and repeat the same players I normally do, but it's true. Uh, Natchez especially. Uh, he's been magnificent all season for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Tara Vinans just came back. He's playing with Kotkaniemi and Svechnikov. First game back, two shots on goal. Didn't make much of an impact. I think he might hit the back of the net tonight. Uh, second game back, should be more comfortable. Tara Vinan returning from injury for Carolina. So maybe another prop option there in that game as well. All right, there we go. What a show. Great show uh, today. Uh, great to have uh, three members of the Ice Guys community. Uh, longtime members of the Ice Guys community, Terry, Nick, and Jarek with us today uh, on the show. Hit the like button, uh, those of you watching on YouTube. And a reminder, patreon.com slash iceguys, just $10 a month. Our daily Ice Guys show betting card posted there. Goalie charts, totals charts, power ratings, and more. Tons of bonus content as well. Patreon.com slash iceguys, just $10 a month. And check out the Ice Guys store as well. Time's a waste and to take advantage of the shipping offer and get your merch arriving at your doorstep before uh, the Christmas season. All right, best bets to wrap up this Tuesday show. Terry, we'll start with you. Uh, what do you like for best bet? I mentioned the um, Shane Wright prop. I'm not going to give it out as my best bet, but I'm going to mention it again. I really like that prop. Uh, but for my best bet, I'm going with Nick's Islanders in regulation. Uh, you can get it for anywhere around minus 110 now. I got it for plus 100 earlier. I like the Islanders uh, to win uh, against the Blues today. All right, New York Islanders uh, to get the job done for Terry Edelman with his uh, best bet here uh, on this uh, Ice Guys show for a Tuesday. Uh, Nick, uh, what do you like for best bet? Yeah, I'm going to go with a different Eastern team going up against a Western team. I'm going to go with the Ottawa Senators money line in this game, uh, looking to fade the Kings going forward a little bit until they get their goaltending situation figured out. And uh, and Ottawa is a team that I think is a little bit of a bet on team going forward. So I'm going to go with Ottawa uh, money line here. All right, Ottawa Senators, even money, minus 110 against uh, L.A., uh, best bet for uh, Nick Earl. And Jarek, good to finally have you on a daily show. What do you like? I think your first ever Ice Guys show for the daily show and your first ever best bet coming up. Make it count. No pressure at all. Thanks, Ian, again yeah. for having me on. I appreciate this. I always you know, wanted the opportunity to come on here and handicap some games. For my first best bet, I'm going to go with the New Jersey Devils in the first period, minus half a goal. I got it plus 100. It's around minus 105 now. I still like that the Blackhawks are 1-3-1 and one in their last five road first periods, and that one win was against the Rangers, and they historically play very well in that building. So I threw that out the window. And New Jersey has won seven straight home first periods against Chicago. I think that these numbers line up nicely tonight, and I think that the New Jersey Devils will lead after the first period against Chicago. All right, there it is. New Jersey Devils minus a half plus 100 puck line against Chicago. Uh, first period, best bet for uh, Jarek Rubel. My best bet, uh, also a first period bet, believe it or not. And I lean to them in the full game as well, but I really think the first period is the better option here. Winnipeg Jets uh, minus 1-0. 
105 minus 110. You can actually still get minus 105 at a bunch of spots. Uh, first period money line for the Jets uh, against the Florida Panthers. Uh, I think that first 20 minutes, you'll see the best of the Jets after two slow starts. The coach is not happy. Rick Bonus with the slow starts at home against Columbus and Anaheim, the last two home games. I think you see a better Jets team early in that first period tonight. Winnipeg first period money line against Florida for my best bet for this Tuesday card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone uh, in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. Thanks to our special guests, Terry Edelman, Nick Earl, Jarek Rubel for joining us. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Wednesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. 